When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 3, Chapter Titled... Ain't College Great. Oh, I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And scene. Hi, Tanya. Hi. It's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. I feel like I don't see you very much. I, I, I mean, we definitely didn't see each other much today because I was busy having the worst day, but... Um, and you were busy working. Yep. Um, can you tell, like, has there been a time in your life where you have kind of like changed who you are? Like, not changed who you are, but like, um, where you've tried to like, this is my chance to be somebody different. Like you've changed jobs a lot. Have you ever gone from one job to another and like, all right, this is my time. Now I'm going to be Tanya with the fucking angry face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always Tanya with the fucking angry face. I was just wondering when that started. (laughs) I'm pretty sure birth. Um, No, I... It's really weird because as a person who doesn't necessarily like herself very much, I I also have never tried to change myself to, like, I don't know, like, impress people or get more friends or anything. I, I don't want to put that much effort in mm. <laughs> i think i'm too lazy to have tried to change myself i've definitely like like developed new interests over time based on people that i've hung out with um but it didn't change me as a person like when i started playing magic the gathering it, that didn't change me as a person i just learned how to play because my friends were playing and i wanted to hang out with them but i didn't like change myself yeah, I was going to say that's a bad example because you obviously didn't change yourself because you don't know how to play magic now. Okay, but I used to be very, very <laughs> good sure, at yeah, it. But that you was... know that I was good at it. I taught you how to play. I know, and, and a few weeks ago I taught you how to play. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> but I have I have had to fill my brain with so many other things in between when I played magic regularly and now. Like, I might not be able to play magic, but I can look at the leaf on a tree and tell you exactly what variety of specific tree that is because i have to uh-huh tell me about a time that you tried to change yourself <laughs> you said that like an interview question that was such a manager interview question yeah i've had to be a manager before i know um did you forget how to do that like you forgot magic no i'm actually still really good at that and it sometimes i wonder if i'm like bossy at work because of it i bet you are i can be Mm -hmm. like there's some like there's you know some sort of entry level people who work there that i'll be like oh hey um if i'm going on break and we were working on something together can you please continue working on it because if we do not finish this today i'm also going to be frowned upon and I realized like later, like, oh, shit, I'm not anyone's boss. Yeah. But to be fair, no one's being our boss out there. All right. But that doesn't mean that you take up the mantle. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm just trying to get shit done uh-huh. and not get in trouble. Okay. Anyway, tell me about a time <laughs> you try to change yourself. Obviously, I don't try to change myself because I'm like being a bitchy boss when I'm just like entry level employee. Uh, I so when I was in my early twenties, I um, I got a management job, um, but a, you know, pretty pretty. I, I don't know. Uh, it was a big leap up from what I had done previously, and I moved to, out of state for it. Like, so I, I, I got a management job here in Virginia and then, um, that wasn't going well. Like it, it just it, being in that position of, um, authority, it wasn't something that I was grasping very well. And as I started to grasp it, it just was like, it was too little too late. And then I got the opportunity to move out of state and kind of run stores there. And, 
immediately from, I mean, from that move forward, I did tell myself, this is where I am different. This is where I am a different person. This is where I stop getting bogged down by insecurities and anxiety and all that stuff. And I just go in full force and I pretend like I'm somebody that I'm not, basically. How did it go? It went really well. It went super well. Yeah? Yeah. You didn't have, you didn't have anxiety then? I didn't have it much, and I didn't let people know that I had it. Mm. And for better or for worse, like that comes back and it haunts you. Right. Because you're suppressing all of this, and, mm-hmm. and or you're going home and you're just drinking nonstop when you're not at work. Right. Um, but Naked while playing video games? <laughs> yeah, that's... I haven't told any of those stories on the podcast... But yes, I used to I used to go home from work, drink a lot, and I used to sit naked in my apartment and play video games. I mean, that's that that's the dream, right? I played so much Fallout Three that year or two with his balls just stuck what are you to his doing? couch. <laughs> what are you doing? And it what it was a cloth couch, so they weren't stuck. Um, but I was on a bottom floor apartment and I did leave my blinds open too often that I'd like to admit. How did you not get arrested? I don't know. I guess, I mean, I'm sitting there playing video games. At some point, it's their fault, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. All I know is there's a lot worse that goes on in Maryland (laughs) than that. So, anyway, after that rousing conversation. It was good. Um, thank you for being so open. Yep. But now, you know, we live here and we live with our kids, so I can't just do that. Right. That changed as soon as I moved out of Maryland. Yep. Anyway, (laughs) you know what else we did? (laughs) (laughs) What did we do? We watched Boy Meets World Season 6, Episode 3, chapter titled... Ain't College Great. And could you please... Um, I'm going to have a shit, I've had a shitty day. I'm just going to turn over the reins to you. So please start that off by blurbing me upping. First of all, I would like to say that I just, I really have a hard time saying the word ain't not like if you want to say it, that's fine. But I have a really hard time. Like it sounds so unnatural coming out of my mouth. Right. So I'm not going to say the name of the episode again, but the blurb for this episode is Corey fears he's not ready for college. Okay. This episode was directed by William Russ, and it was written by Jeff Minnell. William Russ? Yeah. Wow. Wait. He took the reins? That just hit me. Is that true? Please hold. Yeah. Directed by William Russ. That's Alan, right? Yeah. Like, I know that's Alan, but for some reason, like, I, it's making me second guess if that's Alan. No, it's definitely Alan, but... I'm second guessing uh, Wiki Fandom. Mm. No, on IMDb also lists William Russ as the director. Interesting. All right, Alan. Oh, so, I bet you didn't know this. It stars Ben Savage. Uh, what a coincidence. All right. Anyway, so classroom or not, Tanya? Not. Go on. Oh, okay. So we're in the hallway of a dorm. A dorm? Uh everybody's like crowded around they're trying to find their dorms and Corey's like running up the hall screaming college we're in college and sean who looks like he's 40 yeah he definitely aged in between episodes yeah like he looks really old in this episode and he's just like well, he, could, he got a haircut stop? but just a haircut makes you look middle-aged no he also looks super tired like, he got a haircut, and he has bags under his eyes. Well, yeah, because Corey's running around screaming college yeah. in a dorm room, making a spectacle out of them, and Sean just like, please stop. Like, you are you have got to stop. This is not how we want people to see us. Um, so they go into the room, and Corey's just like, isn't this the most beautiful place you've ever seen? And Sean's just like, um, that's not the word I would use to describe this. I would say it sucks. Like, I, I'm ready to, he basically says it's prison, prison. Like, he says something about, like, a pickaxe or something. Says I'm ready to dig my way out with a spoon, I think. And then Corey pulls out pudding, chocolate pudding. And he's like, you brought pudding to college? 
Corey just loves his pudding. I would bring pudding to college if I went to college. You would bring pudding anywhere. That's true. I really You'd bring need some pudding, pudding to a funeral. I think that's the perfect place for it. It would cheer everyone up. <laughs> I'd just throw pudding at everybody. Like, pudding for everyone. Smile. It's not so bad. And then everyone's just like, he was your husband, Tanya. <laughs> um, you so, didn't say you would bring pudding to my funeral. <laughs> uh, so Corey at that point is like, oh, you're right. We, this is our chance to reinvent ourselves. And Shauna's like, no, we're not reinventing ourselves. We are just being ourselves without pudding. No pudding. And then Amy and Alan like come to the door and Morgan... Um, and they're like, oh, like, you know, you forgot some stuff and we were looking for you. And Alan brings in a trunk and Corey's like, yes, my pudding trunk. And I've never been so jealous of Corey in my life. You want a pudding trunk with warm pudding in it? No, but pudding has a really long shelf life. So you keep the pudding in the trunk until you're... I like how you just looked at the trunk at the foot of our bed. Like you might (laughs) start thinking about pulling all of our shirts out that are in this trunk and storing pudding in it. And that let me tell you, if you want to reinvent yourself, go ahead, but do it somewhere else. (laughs) So no pudding? No pudding trunk. Okay. But here's the thing. So you put the pudding in the trunk. Don't point at our trunk. (laughs) Point somewhere else when you say this. So I can imagine it and not get offended. All right, so you put the pudding in a trunk. Okay. All right. Uh Uh-huh. But you put, like, a six-pack of pudding in the mini fridge. Okay. So then when you get down to, like, the last pudding, then you take another six-pack out of the pudding trunk and put it into the mini fridge. That is not enough warning pudding for you. (laughs) You That's true. I have to eat at least two puddings at a You need to have a 12-pack in there, and then when you get down to the six-pack, you put another pack of pudding in there good plan i can't wait to fill this trunk with pudding uh you you just solidified the plan by you know helping what? me with it you can fill this trunk with pudding and then i will fill your dresser with all of my clothes because you'll be somewhere else with this trunk full of pudding anyway so see at my funeral <laughs> so so far on this episode alden has kicked me out for wanting a pudding trunk and um, he also said something really mean to me at the beginning. So I had a really bad day. Like it was. He's taking it out on me. So bad. That's what I do. That's how. I mean, not out on you. But I just, I make jokes at other people's expense to make my day feel better. How's it going? Oh, and at my expense. Don't don't think it stops at you. It starts with me. The jokes first come at my own expense. But for penance, can I have a pudding trunk? Yes, somewhere else. But this is my house. So, <laughs> pudding trunk. Um, Amy and Alan are telling them how proud they are of them. And, like, it's very cute. And Morgan um, starts making some very Alden-y kind of jokes. Um, and then Corey's just like, you're going to miss me, huh? And then Morgan goes to hug him. And then Amy and Alan come over to hug him. And they're like, Sean, come here. And then they have a big group hug. And then Amy, Allen, and Morgan leave. Because they don't want Eric to see them. Oh, yeah. Because Corey's like, guys, guys, like, calm down. You weren't like this when Eric left, were you? And they're like, is Eric, is Eric here right now? First off, no. Eric's in the apartment that he lives in and lived in with Sean. And Sean is so pissed off about this dorm room when he could actually <laughs> just be living in the same apartment. Yeah, anyway, so they, they rush out, and then Topanga and Angela rush in. And they're like, oh, look, we found some college boys. And then they're like, oh, they mean us. Good one. And uh, then they, like, start walking around, and they point to the bathroom, and it says co-ed bathroom. And, and then, like, my brain just fogged over, and I, I don't know what happens in the rest of the episode. Yeah, that's true. Corey makes a terribly gross joke but not unrealistic for that time it's not unrealistic for this time no because let me tell you guys the story there was this one time i don't even know what i was wearing or how my hair was or anything but alden's dad (laughs) 
His father said to him in front of me basically the same thing that Corey says about the person going into the bathroom. And I will carry it with me for the rest of my life. She will. I mean, no comment. You're right. Anyway, you're supposed to be carrying this episode, not... I think I am. I am telling some really good stories All right, this well, then episode. keep it going. Um, so Corey says something really shitty. And the girls do jump on him about it, where they're like, um, hey, like, you shouldn't say that. Also, like, guys and girls can go into the bathroom. It doesn't matter what they are. Like, it's whatever. And he's still, like, flabbergasted. Like, he's, like, in kindergarten and has never seen the outside world. He's very overwhelmed with the co-ed bathroom. Um, everyone else wants to go into it. And then we see them kind of, like, looking around at, like, the classes that they could take. Um, and signing up for classes. And Corey's like, ooh, this one looks good. And what is it? Well, he tells he tells all of them that they're stupid for all trying to pick a you know class 101s or whatever because uh they need to try to be different and not try to fit in with the crowd this is their chance to reinvent themselves do something different so he decides he's going to go to all the tables without people like uh crowding around trying to join so he goes up to the first table he sees with no one there bends down and starts signing his name and the class is existentialist thought and its effect on quantum physics sounds pretty beginner i think we could handle that class sure go ahead um i would just like to point out that your first year in college you have to take like prerequisite classes yeah like you have to take math again you gotta take like english again there's there's a whole list of prerequisites you have to take also at the very least for the last 20 years you have to sign up for your classes before you are there Right. It's not just like a big free-for-all. Yeah. When he, when he first started going around to the class tables, I thought maybe it was like extracurricular things, and that's super not it. So, I don't know. But it was wild. So, he signs up for this class. Um, but now we go back to Eric and Jack and Rachel's apartment. Do we have to? I mean, I guess we got to talk about it. Um they, Eric and Jack are in a hurry to get out the door so that they can sign up for classes. Um, but they're late, obviously, because Corey and pals are already doing that. Well, we don't know what part of the day I, th- these scenes are. True. This moment could have been when everyone was walking into the co-ed bathroom. That's true. They couldn't, like, do, like, a split screen and show up both at the same time. That's true. However, the timeline here gets wild. So... Anyway. So they're like, come on, Rachel, we got to go. She's crying on the couch. And she just starts like bawling her eyes out. And they're like, oh, what's wrong? She's like, my they, ex. They are not like that. Jack is like that. And mm-hmm. Eric is like, come on, let's go. Who cares? Right. Um, and she's like, my ex-boyfriend called me Rachel. Yeah, dude. That's And her Eric name. basically says, uh, there's plenty of crying to do. There's plenty of time for crying later, babe. Let's get moving. Yeah, he basically says all the good classes are going to be gone. And um, Jack instead goes and like sits next to her and... Empathizes. And empathizes. And she's talking about how like it's really... She thought she was over it. Like it's really hitting her all of a sudden that like the guy that she was dating, they were supposed to be serious. She moved out here for him. They you know, were supposed to be living in their apartment. They were going to get a doggy. And Jack is just like, yeah, I completely understand. And he's sitting there. And then, like, Rachel leans over and blows her nose on Jack's sleeve. Which was very good. Is it? It's a thing that happens. It is a thing that happens. It's a thing that that happens, I think, regularly. I've blown my nose on Alden's sleeve, so. True. Uh, And then Eric, like, after she hugs Jack, Eric starts to sing, like, a children's song to her. And she, like, halfway through, stops crying and starts singing along with him and starts giggling. And she's like, oh, you're so fun. And hugs him. And then she starts to walk away. And then she turns around and she goes, you guys are so great. If you were one guy, I would be in real trouble. And walks away. I feel like, like, if they were to have fast-forwarded to 2021, like, 
Eric and Jack, I think, would have been fine with, like, a poly relationship with her. I don't think so. I do. They're very jealous of each other. They don't want a poly relationship. They want to have her for themselves. Yeah, but it's not a thing that was ever discussed then. It was always one or the other. If it was something where she could be with both of them, like, if it was, like, an acceptable thing... To be in a poly relationship. I don't think they wanted it, and I don't think she wanted it. She liked the fact that that she was able to kind of, um, I don't, I don't want to say string along because like that comes with certain connotations. But she's enjoying the fact that she can keep them at arm's length, mm-hmm. but have them right there at arm's length. Right. I understand that, like, saying stringing along has connotations, but, like, there people string people along sometimes, right. and that's, she's doing that. Right. Like, I understand what you're saying, but what she is doing is that. Right. So, anyway, we go back to college. Um, Everybody meets up in, like, a communal area, and um, Corey is, College like, chubbies. There's, like, a pool table. Yeah. It almost looks like the ski lodge. Yeah. Um, Everyone is around or everyone comes in. Um, Corey's at this table. He has stacked his books up. He is ready to go. And um, everyone comes in. Topanga, Angela, Sean. He's like, all right, guys, I'm ready. I got my books and I got all of us Pembroke sweatshirts. And he's like, go penguins. And Sean's like, please do not ever do that again. Um, He is so much more embarrassed of Corey than he has ever been in any episode ever. Yeah. But um, Topanga starts going through all of Corey's books and they're all super difficult classes. I mean, Mm -hmm. quantum physics and all that stuff. But um, some sort of... Organic chemistry. Some sort of law book. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't have been allowed to sign up for any of these classes. (laughs) All right. That's true. Uh, but Angela's just like, are you a moron? You've already ruined your college experience before it even started. This was a bit harsh, Angela. Was it? It was. It sounds like it's probably right though. Yes, but it could have been put differently. Like, because the way it was worded sort of triggered the overwhelming feelings. Mm. Well, so... Sean basically says, do you even know what quantum physics is? And Corey says, that's what they're supposed to teach me. Look, there's my professor now. And he walks over to his professor and he says, uh, can you, uh, my, my friend doesn't think I can handle quantum physics. Um, can you give me a little synopsis? And the professor's just like, oh, sure. And then... And then another professor comes over to start talking to this professor and says, and then they're like, excuse us, we have a staff meeting and they walk away and Corey is just dumbfounded. And we cut directly to the guidance counselor's office where Corey is sitting across from a guidance counselor who is secretly eating something. I don't know. Um, Um, He's just like, so what I need to do is I need to switch these classes. Like I bit off more than I could chew and I basically ruined my college career on the first day. And the counselor's like, you can drop whatever you want. And Corey says, cool, I want to drop everything and just take every class with a 101. And the guidance counselor is like, oh, wait, you can't do any of that. They're all taken. They're all full. This is real life. You can't just get what you want in the real world. Uh, so Corey's sad and overwhelmed. He can't handle college. Uh, and then we go, like, we, we cut to outside somewhere? Um. What do you mean, we, uh? So, we cut to what is very obviously, like, even more obvious than the Matthews backyard. We cut to, like, a Sears photo backdrop <laughs> i mean that's true. where you take like awkward cringy pictures with your family did you want them to actually fly to wyoming for this scene no <laughs> go to the woods somewhere there, like there's forests i know in this. la there's not in california there are plenty of forests on fire right now so at some point there were forests there wow it's true there's fires every year so obviously there's forests there They could have gone to the forest, sat the chairs there, instead of putting up this really, really weird canvas in the background. I think I'm not the only one who had a bad day. (laughs) 
So what happens in this scene, Tanya? Um, so Corey kind of like runs up behind Feeney and starts just like telling him what's happening at college. And Feeney's just like sitting there with like all these um, other people around him. They're just fishing and um, sleeping with their hats down over their faces. And um, Corey's like, okay, all right. Um, so how's retirement, Mr. Feeney? And Mr. Feeney's like, it's great. Like, I used to wake up with the sun to go and teach a bunch of kids. And now I can wake up when I want. I can have big breakfast with my boys and or with the boys. And, you know, we talk about stuff. And Corey's just like, you have boys? He's like, yeah, these are my boys. And like, there's like all these other guys like on this dock. I guess. Um, Theater of the mind, my dear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he starts talking about like what his day is like. And Corey's just like, so basically you do nothing. Like you have no responsibilities. You don't have to learn anything. You don't have to teach anything. You don't have to do anything. You literally are doing nothing. And Mr. Feeney's like, did you just come here to insult me? And Corey's just like, I'm not insulting you. Like, this sounds like the greatest thing in the he world. He says it's the next best thing to being in a coma. Um, I think Corey needs therapy pretty badly. No shit. Um, and then we go to the apartment. Uh-huh. Speaking of therapy. Yeah, where Eric is dressed all in black and he's like running his finger through a candle flame and muttering to himself and like jack walks in he's well, like classical music is playing but like like doomsday classical yeah. music it's very like down sounding so i guess down equals sensitive because jack comes in and it's like eric what on earth are you doing and he's like oh don't you know i'm being sensitive and jack's like um please don't make a fool out of yourself like, this is ridiculous. Well, yeah, he says, um, I, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get, you're trying to change so Rachel will like you. This is stupid. And then he says, don't make a fool out of yourself. And then Eric repeats, don't make a fool out of yourself. See, look, I'm, I can be sensitive too. And he's like, wasn't that just like looking in a mirror? It's like face off. And like, he like does this thing where he like grabs like in front of Jack's face and like, puts it imaginarily on his face and it was very funny it was very funny as he's doing that rachel walks in and eric realizes that he's being silly and he like jumps back to his table and turns the music on and is just like oh hi rachel and she like runs over and she's like what's wrong and he's like oh i'm just thinking about the children and she's like the children what children he's just like all of them they're so little. And then he like launches into something that ends with candle flame. Yeah, like the world is falling apart and whatever. Just like the flame of this candle. And then he tries to like pinch it and it burns his finger. Okay. So anyway, Rachel looks at him and kind of like quizzically. Then she looks back at Jack and then she like does like one of those looks of recognition where she knows what's going on mm -hmm. and she's like oh eric this is wonderful i have never seen this side of you you want to come do laundry with me and she walks out the door leaving her laundry basket on the floor and jack is just completely startled by all of this like he's not understanding that she knows what's going on and um and Eric's like, ha ha, see, I can be sensitive. I did it. And he like picks up Rachel's basket and is like, um, she has no idea. And look, it's her bra. And like puts it back in the basket and like runs off. And Jack is like, what the fuck? Yep. And then we cut back to uh, Wyoming where Corey is now sitting outside with the other guy. Um, he's got his fishing hat down over his eyes, napping, and um, Mr. Feeney comes out on the dock and is like, okay, I have let you um, keep going with this charade for the whole weekend, but it's time for you to go back to school. Let's go. 
So he's been there all weekend now. Right. Um, but that's after, I guess, Feeney comes out and he's like, you know what? Uh, does anyone want to watch a movie? And they're like, yeah, we could do that. Maybe like when it's raining. And he's like, why why can't we do it now? And they're like, because we're fishing. The fish are really jumping today. And he's like, we've been out here all day. No one has caught anything. And Corey kind of says like, oh, come on. Like we got our whole lives to catch a fish. And um, the guy to Corey's left, I guess, right. to our left, Corey's right, uh, is just like, uh, George, listen to Walter. And Mr. Phoenix like, his name is Corey. And the guy's like, Corey is too young of a name for out here. And he's like, Corey is too young of a boy for out. I'm too young to be out here. Come on. We've got to figure out this college thing. So then we go back to the laundry room um, where very quickly things escalate to an uncomfortable level. Rachel locks the door. And Eric's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, you know, we don't want someone to just come in now, do we? And um, Eric is like trying to put stuff into the dryer and it's just all falling on the floor. And she's basically seducing him and she like lifts him up onto the dryer. And she's like, don't you want me? And he's like, yes. Um, and she's just like, I'm so hot right now. Aren't you so hot? And he's like, yeah, uh, the dryer's on fluff. And she goes, so am I. (laughs) She, she is so good at just being like weirdly sexy out of nowhere. That is true. And as someone who genuinely cannot relate to people who are good at that kind of stuff or like flirting in general, I felt so uncomfortable. Like, so uncomfortable. Um, Also, when she picks Eric up, he looks like the smallest child. Because she really is. She's so tall. Yeah. And gorgeous. And he looked so small next Mm. to her. Mm -hmm. Um, But... She starts to try to take his shirt off. And he's like, I can't do this. Well, he says, like, it's my shirt's clean. And she's like, okay, and keeps taking off. And he jumps down and is like, well, I, I can't do this. She says, she doesn't say, okay. She says, yeah, I thought we'd ruffle it up a little bit. Goodness. And he's just like, what is going on? Like, I we can't do this. This isn't you. You're not acting like yourself. First of all, I do feel like she's acting like herself. Because she is very flirtatious with them all of the time. And does, like, sexy things all the time. She's very flirtatious, but like I said earlier, she keeps them at arm's length. Mm. Like, I don't think... I think because you're not a flirty person, you're not seeing the differences here. That's true. Like, she's not being flirty anymore. She is coming on to him incredibly... Instead of pushing him away, she is jumping at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- see, I don't know what either of those things are like, <laughs> so I'm just like... I don't, I don't understand. I used to. Um, they're both the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, at that point, is just like, yeah, no, I, I, if we're going to do this, like, I want to do this, but I, I want, I don't want you to be someone else. I want you to be you. Oh, my God, I get it. And she's um, like, yeah. I thought he came around to that realization very quickly for Eric. Like, yeah. very quickly. I th- I also think it showed some integrity on his part, just like a little glimmer of it. Yes, no. It, for a split second, it was like we had Eric back. Yeah, it was good. Um, and so she gives him the whole talk about how, like, you know, she doesn't ever want him to change. She loves him as the funny guy, blah, 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 blah. Um, lesson learned. And then we go to the office again. The counselor's office where Corey is in there now, but Feeney is standing behind him. And um, Feeney's like, you've got to be able to do something. And the counselor goes, "Ah, see, you didn't do a very good job preparing him for real life. That was high school. This is college. In college, you just don't you don't get to just do whatever you want to do. And Mr. Feeney goes, Myron? 
you have always been my least favorite nephew. And then he says, like, I'm going to call your mother. No. He says, I'm going to call mother. Myron says, you'll be hearing from mother. Oh, I thought that was Feeney that said that. No. I looked down at my paper. Uh, and then we cut back to outside of the the dorm area, back to back to college chubbies. Um, where there's just like one random leather couch that, again, I'm pretty sure is from the ski lodge. Okay. Um, and like Corey's, Corey and Feeney sit down and Corey says like, you didn't really prepare me like educational wise like you prepared me for life like friends and family and all of that those are the lessons you taught me um and as he's talking about this to Feeney the other three walk in um, the other three yeah Topanga Angela and Sean um walk in and um Topanga says Oh, Feeney, thank you for bringing back my Walter. And mm-hmm. then kisses him. And it was actually pretty cute. That was cute. Um, and then says, here, Corey, and hands him a paper that's a whole new schedule. And he's like, how did you do that? And he's like, they basically say they all signed up for an extra class and then dropped it and signed him up for it and made sure that all of his books were gotten and stuff, which is like a lot. And made sure he did. had two classes with Topanga and two classes with Sean. Um, so they set him up well, and he was like, "How did you do all of this?" And they're like, "Well, we also had Feeney as a teacher." Yep. And that was that. That was that. Now let's go to the post-credit scene. Do we have to? I mean, let's get it over with. <laughs> We're back at the apartment door, where I guess the conversation is still going between Rachel and Eric. So like they talked of nothing else while they finished laundry and went back to the apartment and she, they're just like, yeah, we're just not going to change for everyone for anyone. And Rachel's like, that's very important that you do not change at all. You be you. That's how I like you. And then she opens the door and Jack is, riding around the apartment in a clown costume it was terrifying <laughs> was it and on, wasn't even a good clown costume on, good clown costumes are not terrifying bad clown costumes are terrifying um and he's on a tricycle a he's giant on tricycle. eric's giant tricycle which we've seen before have we yeah hmm. um and uh he's riding it around and around and around and rachel's like okay laundry room and jack's like okay we're going to the laundry room see he would have been fine with a poly relationship he thought he was going to the laundry room too just like eric Mm, maybe but then as they're walking out eric is just like you gotta ask before you borrow my bicycle and he carries it like it's bigger than he is and he carries it up the stairs and scene. Tanya, how did you feel about this episode of Boy Meets World? So, it wasn't a bad episode. Okay. Um, I really, really loved that they were able to incorporate Feeney teaching a lesson in this one. Um, and helping to support the kids again. Um, I liked how Corey's friends came through for him in the end. I loved the idea for the pudding trunk. But this one holds like nothing incredibly memorable in it. Like I don't think I ever saw this episode or if I did, I just did not remember it whatsoever. Like you would think if I had seen it, I would have remembered the Rachel and Eric in the laundry room thing at least. Right. But I don't, I don't remember ever seeing this episode, which is so strange to me. I had to have seen it at least once or twice. Yeah. But I also feel like it's one of those episodes that down the road, if we watch it again, I'm like, did I, have I ever seen this episode? Like. At least now we have it in audio form. That's true. I can be like, yes, you did. And here's how you felt about it. Did we just skip this episode when we podcasted for five years? Um. Yeah, so it's it's not a bad episode. While you're it's floating kind of a... floating down the lake in your in your uh, pudding trunk, <laughs> in in my pudding trunk. Yeah, 
Are you sending me out to sea in my pudding trunk? Yeah. You won't miss me? I'll miss you. I won't miss your pudding. We don't have any pudding, and I want some so bad. Anyway, so I kind of feel like not really much of anything for this episode, except for, like, disgusted by a few of the things. How do you feel about this episode? I... All right. So I'm going to say this first, and then I'm going to qualify it, and then I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I also have had a terrible day, and I don't know how much that is coloring my thoughts. Mm-hmm. But I think I just hated this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there was anything memorably good about it, and I think there was a lot memorably bad about it. I do like how they all kind of like flip their schedules around to give Corey extra classes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, that was like a three second moment that was nice. Topanga calling Corey Walter was funny. A little bit, but it didn't make up for all of, like, there was a whole lot of in between there to get to that Walter joke that I didn't find interesting or funny or, uh, particularly, um, believable. Mm -hmm. Like Corey just flew out to Wyoming and ended up on Feeney's dock instead of talking to him. Right. And throughout that whole thing, kept accusing Feeney of not preparing him for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Feeney has spent spent years of his, like... All of his, all of his, like, educational time was spent with Feeney. Well, we're, we're months removed from Corey and, and all of them getting, basically making Mr. Feeney so fulfilled that he retired from teaching entirely. Mm-hmm. And sure, he seems kind of miserable in that in that community but Corey has now flew out there and then discredited all of the stuff that he said to him all of the things that made feeney feel so fulfilled that he had to retire Mm -hmm. like it was making me actually angry while we were watching Mm -hmm. um and then the stuff with eric and rachel and and um jack i kept wanting to say joey that's his brother right joey lawrence Mm -hmm. um that was all awful. Like, and I'm I'm not mad at Eric. I'm not mad at Rachel. I'm not mad at Jack. I'm not blaming any of them. I'm blaming all of them. It was all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey making the the coed joke, gross. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there was anything in this episode that where I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I, I just don't think it was a good episode for me. Um, I, and I hate being so negative about it, but like I really thought this was a bummer of an episode. But I also am dealing with a broken washing machine and a broken car that I couldn't fix. So I don't know how much of that is bleeding into my feelings for this episode. So I also have a broken washing machine, but I know that it'll be okay. I do not have a broken car, but you do. And so I feel a little bit of of your crisis through it. However, you really, really laid into this episode and I was trying not to, but you're right. Yeah. I, no, I just, it's not a good episode. Like, there were too many things that made me so upset that the characters were acting that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we've had plenty of episodes where characters make mistakes and are not very redeemable throughout the episode. In this episode, it was so many. It was so much at once. Okay. Yes. I think we need to take this time to remember who directed this episode. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He didn't write it, though. Directing is... The thing. Directing is not as important as the words that they're saying. You can direct people to act a certain way and words come through differently. Like, it's completely different. Like, but, okay. But it was written by Jeff Minnell. He wrote all of this? He wrote... He wrote all of them acting this way. Like... You just you just hit the nail on the head with what you just said acting this way they were directed to act a certain way yes they use the words but their actions speak so much more than their words do did jeff Minnell write a really off-color joke absolutely mm-hmm. it's the 
acting out of it, though, that makes it really hard to watch. Maybe, but I think reading this script, I would have been like, ugh. Yeah. That's a bad fan script. What if they just, like, got, like, they were just, like, Jeff Minnell and William Russ, they're, like, having some beers one night after shooting, and they're like, let's do an episode together. And they just kind of collaborate oh, and you, make, like, you're just the worst to, episode of all time. You're trying to find a way to, like, add Alan into the writing part of it? I mean, he directed it. Yeah, uh, I I think it was the writing that was the worst, but I can see where you're coming from, mm-hmm. and also you hate you hate William Russ. So the, as a so, person, you hate him as a human being. I don't. That's harsh. And I love <laughs> I love Alan mm-hmm. in the first season, and then parts of the second season. Yeah, like I I had so many emotionally like connected moments to episodes that were specifically about Alan in the first two seasons. I loved him. He got awful. And we've recently been called out for Alan hate. And like, you didn't make I don't it any know better to, just now. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he just directed the worst episode of all time. Um, maybe people don't think this is the worst episode. But I just, I struggled with it. Um, it is funny, like, as you're talking about that, I'm remembering, like, all of the, like, it's crazy how many characters throughout the show we've been like, oh, no, 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 Eric is the best character. And now we're three episodes into season six, and we're like, oh, fucking enough with Eric. This is awful. If Eric comes on screen, I just want to, like, block it out of my head, but not... And Alan, during season one, we were like, oh, the parenting is so fantastic. Mm -hmm. And now here we are, we're like, oh, (laughs) he ruined the whole episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Corey, like... He fell off a cliff there. Okay, but Topanga. Who, who have we steadily loved throughout? Sean. Sean, yes. Um, when Frankie was in it. Frankie never did anything wrong. He was perfect all the time. Is that it? Morgan. Yeah, I think Morgan's pretty steady. She's not on it enough to make mistakes. Right. You were mad at Angela this episode. I wasn't mad at Angela. I just thought that she really, like, in a realistic setting, her words and the way she said them, not even just her words. Well, this is similar the to... The way that she said them, well, that was a catalyst for pushing Corey over the edge. I think this is, I, that was one thing that was kind of true to character. That's the way she talked to Topanga when Topanga wanted to marry Corey. That's like, true. She was like, this is so stupid. That's true. Um, But... Anyway, I'm done bashing the episode. Like, I don't want to. It's not fun. I mean, Topanga wasn't bad this episode. That's so true. So that's a positive thing. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I wonder if they were like, look, Topanga's I'm... been getting a lot of hate lately. Let's she make is... everybody else bad? Yeah, let's make everybody as bad as they possibly can be. I mean, there's... It's like how Breaking Bad, like at ev- at some point in the series, you hated, literally hated every single character and at some point in the 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 show at some point you loved every single character except for skylar um it's true but i'm done bashing stuff let's praise something what are we praising god last week Mm -hmm. tanya and i guessed it on boy meets world fever oh my god this week it has been posted. It is out into the world. It is out in the wild. And let me tell you what we did. Well, what did we do, Tanya? Um, so Chance set up a Boy Meets World role-playing game, kind of like D&D, um, where we were competing against each other to be the next good-looking guy, like, detective, and um, to carry on Eric Matthews' legacy. And So we when- had to do challenges... And it was like, uh, it was a reality show. It was the most fun I have had in so long. We had to create our own characters on the spot. On the fly. Uh, And it was just wild to see what everybody came up with. Like, the amount of character I came up with in my head was surprising to me. Um, I think the most incredible one... Now, okay, so Cameron's was fantastic. Well, yes. 
But uh, Sarah from Shit 90s taught me, um, like, you could see the wheels in her head turning as she was talking. It was incredible. She's just like, well, yeah, this is who I am, blah, blah, blah. And also, um, so this is something I can do. And yeah. then, like, carries it, like, in improving through the entire thing and it was incredible yeah so i really recommend checking it out it's a long episode like i think people are kind of gonna kind of see like a three hour episode time and be like i can't do this but listen to it in chunks it 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 was so good and i'm so impressed with everybody who was on it um and more importantly chance for writing out that scenario and putting it all together like that's crazy i've always wanted to do it on our show we've talked about it before mm -hmm. then we found out that they did it and i didn't want to feel like i was stealing it from them mm -hmm. and now we've done it with them and it was incredible it was so much fun so, like i cannot stress that enough and and i don't like listening to things that i'm on i don't think i've ever listened to an episode of boy meets world fever that we have been on um, because I just, I can't deal with myself, but I did listen to this episode because I so needed to hear like these moments that we had throughout the episode that I thought were so funny in the moment. Um, and they were even more hilarious listening back to it. Yeah. So if you're listening to this the week that it airs, go ahead and find Boy Meets World Fever on whatever podcast site you use. And it'll be their newest episode. If you're listening to this in the future, go find uh, the episode titled "Good Looking Guy Academy," and it and it uh, it'll help you. Yep. Um, a lot of our listeners do also listen to Boy Meets World Fever, so um, if you guys uh, have any comments or anything, you can talk about it in our group on Facebook. Um, Cameron is in there, so like. We can all kind of talk about what the process was like. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Anyway, so you can go on our Facebook or go on to Facebook, type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar, fill out a few questions, and join the join the club. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at BMG and BMW, and you can email us at BMG and BMW at gmail .com. You have anything you want to add before we go, Tanya? Any other uh, tales you want to regale us with? No, I talked about you playing video games and drinking naked. We forgot about that. I actually cut it out, so. Oh, well, I brought it back up. I cut it out twice. <laughs> no, I didn't. Anyway, anything else? Nope. Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 6, Episode 3. Do good. Class dismissed.